You're listening to Less Stress in Life with hosts Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher. We believe life with less stress and more energy is possible with the right tools, strategies, and knowledge. So we bring you real conversations around the stress of relationships, money, and the daily hassles of life with guests that will inspire, challenge, entertain, and motivate you to take action. Well, today on our podcast, we have the wonderful Jessica Vanderlaan. Jessica is a Dave Ramsey certified financial coach who helps people take charge of their money and create a plan to eliminate financial stress and become debt free. And we know that many people are challenged with finances. So Jess, I've heard that you have an interesting get out of debt story. Can you tell us about it? Sure. We've been going through, my husband and I were married for several years. We were just going through the motions of life, kind of like everybody does. We we're living what's called that normal life. And it was just kind of like, I was like, okay, something needs to change. I wanted to stay home. We decided we had four kids at the time and I wanted to have another one or two and I wanted to be home with them. So I'm like, well, we need to get our finances figured out so that we can do this. And so I said, I actually, on our anniversary, I gave him a hundred dollars and I said, Hey, here's your blow money for the next month. This is all you can spend on yourself. And we need to get down to business <laughs> with our money. And he was like, okay, like what a funny anniversary gift. You know, you're going to give me money that I can spend. That's it. You know, but actually we then like dove in and like looked at like where we were at in debt and we were a almost $150,000 in debt. It's like 149 something odd amount. So we like had like this astronomical debt and we had nothing really to show for it. I mean, we had a house, we had our cars, we had credit card, we had student loans. I mean, so, but we're just paying all this money out um, on end all the time. And we just couldn't ever, we paid our bills, but we never had any, like any money in savings, any money in retirement. We were just living kind of paycheck to paycheck. And so we kind of just decided that we were going to stop doing that. And so within two and a half years, we actually paid off all of that debt. And we now are living completely, well, not completely debt-free. So when we talk about debt, we talk about mortgages and mortgage isn't really considered a debt. But now the only debt that we have is a mortgage on our house. All of our vehicles are paid for. All of our student loans are paid off. And the bonus was, is we were able to take a $50,000 pay cut and I was able to stay home with our kids. So it was kind of just been a roller coaster, but a good ride too. So when Jess says stay home with her kids, Jess, you were actually teaching, you were an educator, right? You were a teacher? Correct. Yes. So I was teaching at the time. And how big is your family now? We have six kids now. If if you don't, just my kids, I count my husband sometimes. Does that count? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then we have like a flock of like critters too, and just all of those things, but it's just nice to be able to live in the moment and be present and help teach my kids those things t- too. That's an incredible story. And every time I hear it, it just kind of wows me because many of the people that we coach come to us because they have, they're stressed out. And a lot of times money is the number one issue. And because they're so debt strapped, just like what you just described, they're not able to have choices to stay home with their kids or to, they can't deal with emergencies that come up even. 
Oh my gosh. So yeah. So like kind of those kind of triggered a lot of things from our history. Like we didn't talk about money. We never talked about finances. And if we ever brought it up, it was a world war three in our house. And it was just because we both had different perspectives from like growing up, just different histories with it, different relationships with money. And, and honestly, in my eyes, I was like, well, we can pay our bills. We're doing just fine. We're doing what we're supposed to do, making our paychecks, paychecks going to pay off this bill, this bill, this bill. But like we were stressed and I didn't even, I never realized how stressed we were until we didn't have that stress. And it's like, oh my goodness, that weight has been lifted off my shoulders. And that's kind of where I went to like, okay, now that I'm home, the kids aren't as dependent on me. Like I want to start helping other people like take control of their money, get themselves, release some of that stress, help themselves um, get into a good spot and a good spot where they can do whatever they want, whether it's stay at home, buy a different vehicle, send their kid to college. There's lots of different goals that people have as they go through this. What catches me is when I, you know, if I were to muse about your story to others, they would suggest that, you know, it, they couldn't imagine giving up things in the moment that would in fact create more stress for them than probably the potential to being without debt, because of course they haven't felt that. So can you talk about how you felt when you were giving things up to pay off your debt? Yeah. I think a lot of that's perspective. We can view it as that we are giving up things or we're just making changes. So, you know, like, it's just, when I look at the things that we did, was it really giving up things? Did I really need to go to target and drop $300 at target? And the nice thing is when you work on budgeting and you start telling your money where it's going and not your money telling you what you're going to do, you actually don't, you realize you don't actually have to give up as much as what you think you have to give up. It's just kind of shifting your mind a little bit. So I have um, clients that I'm working with that are super, they don't talk about money either. It's a battle. And, you know, they, the wife was like, I feel like he's going to control me. I want to be able to spend my money how I want. And after we kind of worked through it a little bit and she was like, oh, well, I still get to kind of do what I want within parameters, within boundaries, within what I want to actually do with it and not just get caught up in that moment. So yeah, it's giving up things that you want, but in a way it's just, you're still getting a lot of those things. You're just now controlling which ones things you do want in your life and which things aren't what you need in your life or want in your life. So one of the tools that you do is have people keep a journal of their expenditures and track your daily expenses. How does that awaken them or what kind of information do they discover when they're doing one of those kinds of exercises? Mm -hmm. It's always amazing what kind of like can of worms that they open up. I mean, not because it's intentional, but like once you're aware, we have this habit in our culture, we just go to the store and we're just going to swipe that plastic card and swipe and swipe. And we just aren't really fully aware of what we're spending. And so when we are writing it down, it's just like, oh my, like, wait, how much do I spend on groceries a month? Oh, I probably spend like a thousand. And then they like track it and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm like 15 to $2,000 in groceries. Or why did I spend that on this? You know, and they have to really kind of get themselves thinking about it. 
And the one bonus that I've seen a lot of people when they do the budgeting and they keep track of like what they're spending is that they become aware like, oh, wait, why did I do that? So it kind of goes back to your bar when you were saying like giving up things, they were like, oh, well, that I can give up because I don't really need that. Or I don't really, why did I buy that? Why did I spend my money on that? So it just kind of opens our eyes to what are really important to us. And we start to feel that money being spent more than when we just are just swiping or just accumulating on other things. And trust me, I was guilty of that for a really long time. (laughs) So I did one of Jessica's 30 day boot camps to learn about finances. And I did that because I thought that there was a potential that Jess and I might work together to educate. Like I said, we get many people who come with the idea that money is their biggest stressor, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I thought was so creative during this time was the simple swaps that Jess kind of talks about. For example, um, going through Starbucks eight times a week is like a lot of money, but you can make that same coffee at home in a very cool cup where you're helping the environment and not throwing all kinds of garbage and plastic. So you still get to have the feeling of that coffee and that warmth, but you're not paying to support someone else's lifestyle. You're really supporting and investing in your own. So can you give a couple other examples of those simple swaps that make things still easy? Yeah. So one of the swaps that I really encourage people to do is, um, especially with groceries, um, we're going to go to the grocery store. It's a good idea to have like a plan, you know, and if you just go online, you can quickly find like some ideas. Sometimes I'll even share that with like people like through my, like my emails, like that I shoot out, like try this for your meal plan for the week. But the nice thing, um, is uh, the other big thing that it's a big swap, but it's not a big swap is using cash. When you go to the grocery store, instead of using your credit card or even your debit card, because Yes, the credit card or the debit card and the credit cash are kind of very similar because they're both coming out of your bank account. But when you actually feel yourself physically handing over that money to somebody, you're less likely to buy those Oreos, <laughs> the chips that you see as you're walking down the aisle, all those things that catch your eye when you're grocery shopping, like, oh, well, this sounds kind of good or this looks good. So being in there with that, that budget, but I will tell you, it's a, it's a hard, it was a hard pill for me to swallow when I went over. So if I went to the grocery store and I only had $150 on me and I went over that 150, I had to like take a minute and say, okay, I got to put something back. But it was a nice thing for me to start learning control, telling myself no. So it kind of embeds into a lot of things. So that's not really a super small swap, but it is a swap that maybe beneficial is trying to use cash. And if you're not comfortable using cash for like groceries. So for what we did is we used it for what we call our blow money. So my husband and I each get an allotted amount each month that we can spend on whatever we want. So that maybe if you want the Starbucks, it's coming out of that money. So you can still get the Starbucks, but it's more in a controlled amount. You only have whatever amount you guys set. People ask a lot how much I put for blow money. Like we personally do a hundred dollars a month for each of us, but it's everyone's individual set. And that's why it's really good to kind of talk with like a coach, whether it's me or somebody else to kind of get a plan. Like, what are you doing with your money? What's a good amount for you? Because some people, it may be, well, I have a client that it's $50 a month. I have another client that's 150. So it's all different depending on where you're at in your journey. 
but then you're using that money. So if you want to stop to the gas station and grab some munchies from the gas station, you're using that cash versus just swiping the card because you'll feel and see that difference in that money going away quicker, or you'll feel it going way slower because you're like, oh, wait, (laughs) I don't want to spend all of that. So just kind of being aware when you can use cash is a really good like swap in your lifestyle. I remember back when I was a single mom and I remember um, it was before cell phones, but I remember actually I didn't pay. I don't think I paid with cash, but I, as I put things in the basket, I had a mental adding machine going on. And I know that that in is one of the things that shifted it for me. You know, it, it wasn't as disciplined as how you speak. And, and I probably could dig out that adding machine now <laughs> because I, I've kind of gotten away from it. And, uh, you know, we, we grocery shop once a week at a big box store and, and that can be deadly. You know, if oh, you yeah. just stay, if you just stay in the grocery aisle, it's, it's not so bad, but if you happen to take a tour down <laughs> one of those aisles, not good. Yep. <laughs> oh, guilty. <laughs> The groceries don't, the groceries, you know, like there's not an issue with buying groceries. It's the other things that we get attracted to. What's the most common financial emergency that you see that people are not prepared for? It's, it's Christmas. Because <laughs> um, Christmas is an emergency. Did you know that? It only happens occasionally. It never is planned. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm being sarcastic, but like, you know, it's like things like that, like, we know when Christmas is going to be, or we know when someone's birthday is going to be, and we don't plan for it. My son's birthday is coming up in June. So we have a set budget an allowance. There's an amount that we're putting away so that we know that when we go buy his Christmas or his birthday presents, we're only spending this much money on their birthday because his birthday is not an emergency. <laughs> Maybe when I had, it might've been an emergency. That's a different story, <laughs> but um the actual birthday itself is not an emergency. And so I need to have that plan in place because we get into this panic mode. Oh, I got to get birthday presents and we drop a lot more money. Um, Another one that comes up is, oh, I need new tires on my car. Well, is that truly an emergency? Realistically, we should know that we need new tires, but I'll be guilty of it. I was like, before we were financially prepared, like, oh shoot, I need new tires. That's an emergency. But it's just, it's not really because we should be planning ahead for those type of things. Um, I will say that like, we actually did have um, an emergency when we were going through this plan. And when we work, I work, I try to get people at least a thousand dollars in their emergency fund, just a thousand dollars to kind of get them started to kind of cover the basis of most true, most emergencies. That is not a true emergency. Like if someone has to take off work for three months or six months, like things like that, but just more like those smaller emergencies. And um, we actually, our dog, we were like two months in, we had our emergency fund and our dog was pregnant and she got an infection and had to be taken into the emergency room on a Saturday night and stay overnight on Saturday. They had to do an emergency surgery, emergency hysterectomy, everything, and be monitored all day on Sunday. And typically we would be like, oh crap, what are we going to do? We need to shift money from this credit card to this one so that we have enough to pay, you know, those freak out moments. 
And that what I would say was really actually a true emergency situation. But the nice thing is, is we didn't have to like stress about any of the money. Like it was like a blessing in a weird way, you know, as crazy as it, bad as it was, our dog was happened, but like we could actually truly just focus on our dog, our dog being healthy, our kids being okay, that the dog had to get taken into the vet, like on barely, you know, so we could deal and cope with all those things and not have to worry about that financial piece. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting you bring up the emergencies because we do, everyone has a different emergency that's going to come up and some are going to be not true emergencies, but we feel like they are. And that doesn't take anything away from that feeling that you feel like it's a true emergency because when I needed new tires, it was a true emergency to me, you know, so we still have those. And then, but the nice thing is now that, you know, we're on a plan and we are focused on what we're doing with our money we can plan for all those other things that aren't those emergencies. And so when those true emergencies come up, they're not true emergencies anymore either, because we can just breathe and focus on what we need to focus on. Wow. That's so powerful. I guess what I heard you say throughout this whole podcast, if I might summarize is number one, we need to be aware of our relationship with money and where our money's going, what's coming in, what's going out. And we need to have a plan for how we're going to spend that. So when real emergencies happen, we really have some resources to take care of that. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, it's just exactly I'm like, I can't say any better. You did a great job. Deb. <laughs> you shared a lot of wisdom and nuggets with our listeners today. Do you have one tip one place to start so that they can have less stress in life around the topic of money? You know, the one tip, I mean, just try to make yourself aware and be true to yourself. Are you, you know, ask yourself, are you comfortable with how you're living your life? And if your first response is, well, no, you know, take that as like that. Okay. I need to do something to work on changing. Is it easy to go through these steps it, I'll be honest, not the beginning. I mean, it's hard, but is it any harder than where I was at before that? Was it, I don't think it was any harder than juggling all my bills and paying this bill and this bill and this one and this one. It's just changing that mindset of where we're focusing our spending at. So, you know, asking yourself, is this where I want to be? Is this what I want for my family? If I have one or just for myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? And then do I want to make some changes for that? And the nice thing is, is that it can be drastic changes and jump completely all in and, you know, budget and do all those things and really, really go gun ho or you can take it in baby steps. And the great thing is I've worked with clients on both ends of those spectrums and everyone gets to that same goal in the end if they truly want to change and take some of those things. And it's a bonus when you have like someone like an accountability partner on your team that can help hold you accountable, whether it's your significant other, your spouse, your best friend, your parent, you know, it's, it, everyone has a different accountability partner, but um, just taking that step and deciding where you want to be at and having someone there to help support you because it does, I'll be honest, I can't lie. It's not easy, but I can tell you right now, it's, it's pretty smooth sailing <laughs> now that we've done it for a while, not smooth, but you know, it's not as bumpy as it was at the beginning. So as bumpy as it can be with a whole bunch of kids and pets in the family and a life during the pandemic, huh? 
Exactly. Right. I mean, nothing smooth sailing ever in life. So don't expect that, <laughs> but it, it does help. Folks want to get on a journey to change their relationship with money. How do they find you, Jess? I'm on Facebook a lot and Instagram. I also have a website. It's called um, financialsuccesswithjess.com. That has like on the website, financialsuccesswithjess.com has like my email address, my phone number. You know, those are the best ways just to kind of get in touch. I offer like free consultations. So if you're contemplating it, reach out. And the nice thing is we just kind of talk and see if we're a good fit, if you want to work with me, if you feel like we can connect or that I can be helpful to you. Those are like the best ways. It's just making a phone call, take 10 minutes and see where you're at. That may change things for you. Mm. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I was honored to be a part of your guys' group and thank you for keep working with people and helping relieve those stresses in life because there's a lot of things going on in life. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening today. Until next time. Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at lessstressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.